every rap group is subject to debate about the best member. But it's not often that an artist takes a stance, such as Quavo, who has repeatedly stated that he felt his fellow Migo, Kershnik Kari Ba, take off was the best in the trio. And Quavo said it. We say it. It is a known hip-hop fact. That Takeoff was not only the best Migo, he was one of the better best rappers in the game. The term from nothing to something was literally coined by them. So, you know, when everybody's quoting the started from the bottom and all that. Yeah, it, it, it was it was the Migos who, who really who really showed us like in the in a in an age like where it was all about just clout chasing shit. Like they showed us like it's nah, we we're just gonna ride on our talent. That's it. We're popping because we're popping, and that and that's just because who that's who we are, and, that, and that's what the Migos always like represented for for me to me. Uh, on a Tuesday morning, November first, takeoff met. Uh, end in the chapter of life he he was murdered um we now know it was accidental at the same time it it wasn't it, it blackie speaks says it the best um, or, or said it the best, uh, it, it's what we promote in our music, in our culture. This is what we do. A rapper blows up and they get murdered. And it's so, at this point, it's so disheartening. Like, there's literally no faith, no hope left in that genre in that culture we won't allow hope and shit because when somebody starts trying to go all positive and do like positive like rapping and making like like uplifting music like they get called corny and they get called whack and Nobody wants to hear it. Like Snoop, jo Snoop Dogg just dropped the most positive song I've ever heard. And I bopped my head out of respect, you know, for the Godfather. But at the same time, it's fucking garbage. And I'm not saying anything. I, I listen to the music, the, the, the crazy music about the killing and the, and the robbing and the drugs. But you know, for, it's real easily. It's real easy to c confuse uh, a, 
a lot a lot of these rappers do do it for the show like for for the theater of it but a lot of most of them live this type of lifestyle and unfortunately we have lost so many people who we coin as legends who we deem as legendary in this craft to get murdered over a Louis bag full of money to get murdered outside of a bakery get, buying your favorite cookies like it's to being in the wrong place at the wrong time Um, you know, us fans, we, we always, when it came to the, the Migos music, I, I was always saying this, that when it comes to Migos, we always rely on takeoff to deliver the strongest verse. The one that makes us be like, okay, that's it. The, 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 the masterful, like cadence, his lyrical precision, like can it's impressive to to say the least um takeoff didn't just find one pocket and he did not just rely on the same flow he would like his art his arsenal of melodies is probably un unfucking matched i think it's very, it's very up there. Like he's definitely in the top five when it comes to stringing together melodies and being unique every time he comes on the track. And you know, a lot of people like to talk a lot of garbage about their music, but you know, no one can do what they do. A lot of people try to replicate it. They probably get close. They probably get one song, but to the people who actually enjoy um, Migos, there's very few times where you're like, oh, I'm going to change this song. Like, And if you are changing it, it's probably just because you're in a different vibe right now. And, you know, and, and a, a big part, a big reason for that is Takeoff. Uh-uh. When it comes to rapping, he was, by no exaggeration of the word, he was brilliant. Uh, an excerpt from the book Rap Capital, uh, it reads, um, the Atlanta rap scene from 2013 to 2020, uh, laid the foundation of trap um really trap rap happened in the late 90s when the migos members were just kids in gwinnett county their name was trap kings before uh they were called the migos the trio was fortunate and very talented so much so that it it took them 
it, it, they were able to take the baton from their predecessors. In some ways, Takeoff represented the best qualities of all the trap legends before him. He had the technical precision of T.I., the ad-lib prowess of GZ, and mirrored the work ethic of the prolific Gucci Mane. That combo helped Migos brand trap and they commanded the world's attention. Takeoff was not famously um Takeoff was famously not represented on uh, the culture's lead single, Bad and Bougie. Um His response was, uh, do it look like I was left off of Bad and Bougie? <laughs> Uh, it is quotable as Eddie Barr on the song, but that was a matter of chance rather than uh, indication of his value of the group. Nevertheless, he stole the show on their uh, 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 on their follow up single T-shirts. Takeoff kept the same structure throughout his verse, but altered his flow with subtle technical differences that reflected the mastery of the craft. In 2018, Takeoff released The Last Rocket. The Last Rocket uh, is the debut studio album of the debut studio album of Takeoff. Uh, It's actually his only solo release. It was released two years ago to the date that I'm recording this. It was released on November 2nd, 2018 by Capitol Records, Motown, and Quality Control Music. First announced through a private party in Los Angeles, California on October 23rd, the album's release made Takeoff the second member in Migos to release a solo album following Quavo's Quavo Hancho in 2018. Throughout 2018, all the members of Migos began pursuing solo careers, with Quavo being first uh, with releasing Quavo Hancho, and um, the previous year, Offset released a collaborative album with 21 Savage and Metro Booming called uh, Without Warning. That's another album without skips. Um, so that's technically not... I mean, so Offset had a solo project, but it was featuring, you know, two other big gigantic names, and that album has no skips. <laughs> so technically, um, Takeoff became the second member to announce a solo album in October of 2018. Uh, it debuted at number four on the U.S. Billboard 200 with 49,000 albums equivalent, including 5,000 The Pure Self. Uh, Two songs from the album managed uh, to chart in the Billboard 100. Uh, The song Last Memory peaked at 54, while Casper charted at 
99 um it, it it's sad because it was his first solo project and listening to martian she go wink none to me vacation last memory Listening to this whole album, actually, it, it, it really, again, the, the word brilliance and just the mastery of the craft just is the only thing that comes to my mind when, when I think of takeoff solo projects. When I think of, you know, uh, Um, it's there's there's lots of dead silence on this one because I really don't I'm not trying to edit nothing I, I'm it's a it's a it's a visceral reaction when when I say I woke up to the news of Takeoff's passing. I compare it a lot to when Michael Jackson died. And that happened when I was a child. And I really didn't understand the cultural impact. I understood that, you know, something huge happened. I just didn't know exactly what it was. So, to wake up, wake up to one of my favorite artists it it set me. I'm not gonna lie i sh i shed i sh i cried a lot <laughs> because you know. He was born June 18th, 1994. When we were in high school fucking around, this guy, we we were bumping his music. Like, he, it, he was part of the soundtrack of our fucking high school, like, college life. I went to college for like one semester. But again, <clears throat> when, you know, 2000, what, 10, 2009, 2012, like around like that early 2010s era was fucking theirs. And he was the same exact age as me. Couple months older. He's a couple months older than me. Meaning we could have went to the same school. Meaning... Everything that I've been trying to accomplish, he already did it before I even thought I wanted to do it. Born exactly the same exact year. Lived in similar conditions. I am I know for a fact uh, Atlanta's worse than Orlando. <laughs> so uh, that's that's apples and oranges. But again, to, to say... Uh, 
what he was doing for himself at such a young age is what brought me to tears. The fact that it was all over at the height of everything he was working for. At the height of it. And, and that's a lot to say that he was at the height of it because the Migos have been soaring since Versace. And that fucked me up. It really fucked me up. His ability to command the room without making mistakes, knowing his lyrics, plus everybody else's, and still being the most humble of the group. That commanding presence carried throughout his catalogs. And without takeoff, Migos don't sell over 3 million albums. They don't get nominated for two Grammys. And they do not maintain a seat in the popular culture. Without Takeoff, they would not be where they are right now. They might have done something. But they wouldn't be the Black Beatles. That's a quote from Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> it's a quote from Jilly Fa Jilly Jimmy Fallon and a, and a little bit of, of me mixed in together. Because I really, I really didn't want a lot of my bias to, to come out in the very beginning of this episode. But not, I, I really want to talk about the toxicity in just everyday life. How fast we get over the passing of these artists. PNB Rock died last month. It's been a month. And we're already over it. Is takeoff gonna be the same or are we gonna fucking learn from something? Is something gonna change? Because I quit rapping. I'm no I'm not gonna be a rapper. I'm done with I'm never going to pursue that again. The max is I'm going to ghostwrite for pure pressure. Max. I will always be a producer and I'll always be an engineer. The genre never mattered to me, so that's that's I, when it comes to producing hip-hop, I, I love it. I, I can never stop because the art of producing and engineering and mixing and mastering is, is what keeps me in music. And the genre does not matter. But me being a performing artist, the genre matters. <laughs> because I'm a black man. And the fucking leading death of being a black male in the professional world is a fucking is, is being a rapper. 
You know that you know what that is. More more rappers die. More rappers die than fucking minors. I don't know if that's true, but it sounds true. And you know when they when people describe Takeoff and the way his personality was, how he was always probably the most quiet, the most humble of the group, the most chill, didn't really fuck around like that. It's like, you're driving the car, you're drunk driving the car, and not wearing a seatbelt, and the person next to you is calm, letting it happen, but they're wearing their seatbelt. The car crashes, and the person next to you dies, passenger, and you're left alive. You have to live with yourself knowing that you killed the person sitting next to you because you were drunk and you were fucking up and unfortunately takeoff was the person in the passenger seat so a lot of videos surfaced of the incident and it's so fucking upsetting because a lot of <laughs> were we aren't supposed to see a lot of this stuff you know 100 years ago we would have just read it in the mail or read it in the newspaper or somebody would have told us we would have saw it on the news but um or heard it on the radio 100 years ago yeah right yeah we would have heard it on the radio now with with social media he dies at 1 a.m. And at 3 a.m. There's video of it. On the internet. It was disgusting. Again, we, we weren't supposed to see a lot of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Humans are primal. Back in the day, we used to do fucked up shit to ourselves, but we we aren't like that anymore. But there are remnants of of still being that way. And so 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 the situation is that Quavo, uh, and 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 the group. Takeoff included. We're at a party, and the and Quavo was was gambling. He was shooting dice. A multi-millionaire was gambling, using dice. Like he was on the block, and not for nothing because that is what they talk about. You 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 made it out, man. You made it out. Why are you treating this? Why are you treating this like it's still like like you're still there? You're not. So they they were shooting dice. Quavo was shooting dice. And he was losing. Losing very badly. He was he was losing so bad that um he provokes uh an argument with the person he's argue with, with the person he's playing against. Argument, yelling, yelling, every everybody's yelling, 
everybody starts standing up and everything goes out of control immediately. Fighting happens for about, like the arguing happens for about one minute and everybody starts dispersing because somebody starts shooting a gun. Someone started shooting randomly in a bowling alley. They they were attending a party in a bowling alley and this person just started randomly shooting because there was an argument. In all the chaos, uh, they realized there's one person laying on the ground and it's takeoff. He has two wounds. One uh, that isn't really specified and the other was in the side of his head. He died instantly on the scene. Reports and videos and a lot of evidence show that the person who actually fired the shot that uh, ended Takeoff's life was somebody from his group. Possibly somebody untrained, not a real security guard, probably just some homie who was holding the holding the gun and decided that this was the time and place to begin to fire this weapon and through the, the carelessness and the callousness and honestly the debauchery of the situation we lost a legend and that's because this, this is how these people roll this is how we do it. We do it in the hood. We 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 killing. We capping. We we the nigga. We always doing drills. We we're not. We're always in that shit. And you know, that's my original accent. I'm a I'm a Florida nigga. I really am. But I I feel. I know. That I don't want the worst parts of my culture to define me. I will never let it. And I'm sorry when it comes to having to do whatever it takes to eat. I understand. I understand sometimes you have to do what you have to do. But in today's age, killing and robbing and doing all that stupid shit it's only going to get you killed, robbed, and or in prison. So. With that, I, I have to abandon whatever goal of being a rapper. Because that's not for me. I don't want to be the person. I have, I have to look over my shoulder because... Somebody that looks just like me is jealous and wants to take my life. That makes no sense. And I, that is coming out of nowhere because that's not really what happened in the situation. But at the same time, that is what our culture is promoting. 
treating women like shit. Treating other niggas like shit. Killing each other. Robbing from each other. Again, uh, like, like Blackie Speaks said, the best. When a rapper gets killed, or when one of us gets killed, it's... Like looking into a mirror. I'm killing me. We're killing ourselves. And we're destroying our culture. It's unrecognizable at this point. It's been so commercialized. And what has been commercialized is all the lowest vibrations of our culture. I don't know what to do. The most I can do is quit rapping because I do not want to support it until talking about other shit other than killing each other becomes the norm. I will not contribute to that. And if you listen to my my music, I'm... I have slowly been tailoring my lyrics to be palatable for the masses. And in doing that, I've lost myself. And that's not what this culture is about. And, you know, I started the hip-hop journey over, you know, because... Throughout my whole childhood, I was always a b-boy. So I was always breakdancing. I was always into graffiti. I was always listening to rap. When I turned about 11 or 12, I started listening to rock music. And I fell in love with uh, the live performance of playing actual instruments and building songs from uh, acoustic guitars and and speaking of my emotions and being real deep and and self-aware with with my music that's why i was entrenched by rock and that's exactly why i'm going back to it now because for the last year year and a half i've been solely pushing hip-hop because again it was always part of my childhood i mean i'm a fucking black man like i make music like it's it oh it'll always come out of my soul because i when it comes to me I'm not Puerto Rican. I'm not Jamaican. I'm not from Orlando. I'm not I'm not from Florida. I'm not a nothing. No, I am hip hop and I am punk. Those are my identities. That's my culture. And right now hip hop is eating itself alive. And one of the greatest elements of hip hop and seeing has been bastardized to the point where it, it, it's no longer what it used to be. It's now what the record companies deem as rapping. And you know what? Fuck that. Fuck you. I'm not doing it. When it comes to me making music, it will be in the form of rock. 
Again, I, I am the engineer and I'm the producer for Pure Pressure, a hip-hop collective. And I will not abandon my team. So whatever music they choose to do, I will be their engineer. I will be their producer. Doesn't matter their genre. That doesn't matter. Because, again, that's their plan and I would never impose my, my, my will on other people. And I've made a commitment to my, my, my team. And I'm going to stick to that commitment as being their engineer and their producer. Again, any genre they choose, whether it be hip hop, whether it be trap, whether it be fucking reggae, uh, fucking if if Tigettos decides to do bluegrass. It's <laughs> a very niche joke. Only they're probably going to get But you can see my point is that when it comes to me expressing myself it will not be over hip-hop beats. It will be over rock. That's... That's really all I, I had... I have to say right now. A lot... A lot is... Not so funny in Dragonland lately. And I, and I want to be real with that. Because, you know, there are some days where I feel on top of the fucking universe. And there are some days where I'm just waiting for the dirt to be laid on top of my body so I can go to sleep forever. Uh, that's part of it. And I think that's part of living. And that's why in those moments I have to do something. I create. I'm a creator. Whether it be music, whether it be this podcast, whether it be my other podcast, Dragon Horror Audio Show, whether it be, you know, I have so many scripts that are in the vault. I just hope that I didn't bum you out too much with this episode because Again, I'm pretty bummed out when it when it comes to our culture and this I'm bummed out I really hope you have an amazing day I really hope that you can find clarity and you can find peace within yourself today and I really hope that you can go to sleep tonight without your inner dialogue going crazy. I hope you can go to sleep with a smile and knowing that people do love you. That you're not alone in none of this shit. I, I And four in the morning, I, I, I went through a whole appreciation post where I, I, I went through all of Pure Pressure's content and all of uh, A Bad Kid's production's content. I've been just posting nothing on my story but them. I want to support my friends. I really do. I want to show them that just because I'm not an artist and me stepping back isn't going to stop what we've created because I am still a sound effects engineer. I'm still a a a, a dialogue recorder. I'm still uh, a hip hop producer. I'm still a music engineer. And what we've created 
will be our fucking wave. I'm Matt Dragon, baby. Peace. This episode was brought to you by DistroKid. Listen to me, independent artists. I have been using DistroKid for the better part of half a decade. Do you understand? For half a decade, I have been using DistroKid to release my music. It is currently on Apple Music, Spotify. You can put it on uh, TikTok videos. You can have it on Instagram story. You can put it on Snapchat. Literally, wherever you want to distribute your music, DistroKid does that for you. And when I say I trust DistroKid with all my heart, I have not released music through any other distribution service, no matter what they've been promising, because when it comes to DistroKid, they have never let me down. And if you sign up using the link in the description, you will save 7%. On your first year subscription. Did I forget to mention that the subscription is only $9.99 a year? $9.99 a year to have your music on Apple Music, Spotify, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. Literally, wherever you want your music, DistroKid will help you. Unlike its competitors, it's unlimited. You have an option to upload your music all year long, unlimited. When it's time to pay the subscription, they let you know in advance that, hey, we're going to be charging you. Just a heads up. And like I said, when it comes to DistroKid, I trust no one else with my music. And if you hit the link in the description, you can become a part of the community that DistroKid has built. They have, they're super responsive on their social medias. If you contact support, they reply almost immediately. And it's not a bot, it's an actual human. So you're, like I say, DistroKid meets all my needs. And they could meet yours. All you have to do is hit the link in the description. Peace.